The Sleepers Podcast, Wednesday, October 25th, coming to you live from Carter's home. Man, home, absolute sweet home. I have my own coffee mug that honestly says it's an add to the cart kind of day. It's never really that day for me, but the coffee's hitting. I'm back home. I got my ring light. I got my microphone. I got the globe in the background. My aesthetic is back. I feel like I'm at home base right now. And it, I'm not going to lie. It feels great, Gregory. I'm glad to see you there. Is home truly where the heart is for you? Um, I, my, I think my heart's kind of split up. It's like home, maybe like a basketball court, and then maybe like a sports book, a casino. But I think a majority of my heart is at home. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's good to know. It's great to see your globe. I really miss your globe. I really miss the checkerboards behind you. Uh, your room, no offense, looks a little dirty right now. I mean, I mean, got back last night at like 9.30 p.m. and really cut me some slack. Just, just made a mess as soon as you got back? You left it messy for a whole two weeks? Yeah, well, have you ever unpacked after a long trip? I don't know that my unpacking gets this messy, though. Like, is the stuff behind you unpacking? Uh, No, it's not. I can't lie to you, it's not. Yeah, I just, I've never seen uh, a disheveled cupboard behind you. And uh, apparently you left it this way for three weeks. That's sad. Yeah, that's on me, to be honest. Okay, understood. Well, let's move on. It feels good to be back with you. Uh, Just a a quick addressing of Sleepers Nation real quick. Uh, This week we've been little all over the place with Carter's travel schedule. And then just my work days have been in an odd spot. Some days I work at 8 a.m. for my job job. And then some days I work at like 1 p.m. or 10 a.m. It's a lot easier to record on days I'm not working at 8 a.m. Because I can record before work starts and we can take our time. When I'm working at 8 a.m., I have to like fit it in in the middle of everything else while also being a work from home dad. And uh, guess what? My daughter's growing and she's not just doing the same sleep habits that she did the first five months she was here. So it's been a messy week today. We're recording like two hours later than we would have liked to Uh, appreciate Carter's flexibility in just making this work. But uh, if you're getting grumpy, if you're like, where's the sleepers episode, why is this not coming out on time? Just know that we're trying uh, and I think, honestly, it's probably hurting us the most. It's probably affecting our views in a negative fashion with uh, how spotty this has been. So we appreciate anybody who is still listening to this. And uh, if you're upset with us, I'm sorry. We'll try to get in a more consistent rhythm once the season gets here. But quite frankly, I can't promise that because it's only going to get busier when the season gets here. And we're trying our damn best right now. Anything to add to this, Cart? Any uh, any Any comments from the Blue Collar Podcaster himself? Yeah, I mean, if you got something to actually say about that, you can come see me. For real, right, thank you. Like, That's no, not for, what no, I was no, hoping for, but thank no, you. Dead, no, dead ass. Like, I feel like people gotta give give us a cut us a little bit of slack here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're working hard. We're trying to make it work. We're doing this for y'all, and I love doing it for y'all. And we'll do go any lengths to do it for y'all. So, you know, just give us a little bit of slack, just a just a teeny tiny bit. With that said, our Discord members are paying customers. They don't have to cut us any slack. They can be on. Oh our no, list. they can. Oh yeah, please, please, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Okay. Speaking of Discord, join the Discord link in the description uh, in every video that we do. Carter, do you have a breakfast bit this morning? No, I don't because I planned on making an omelet 
but I don't have any groceries at the house. You gassed this up the last 24 hours that the breakfast bit would return. <laughs> we'll ease you back in, man. I feel like you're coming off like an ACL injury or something. And we just, we got to ease you back into the rotation. We can't start you and expect 32 minutes night one. Uh, are you Jalen Llewellyn right now? Is that what this is? Okay, and that's how you light a fire under the kid. That's exactly how you light a fire under me. I'm just, I, I feel like I need to drop all expectations for today's episode and just see where it goes. <laughs> that's uh, crazy. Do you have a YouTube comment of the day? I do. Okay, okay, we're back in it. <laughs> okay, I got two of them actually. First one actually comes from a video that we did before summer league that I just want to bring back to the light because someone just commented on it. Maybe it's just circling around for some reason. That Kid Gorgeous is an A++ nickname for Keontae George. I feel like that gets overlooked a little bit. That really needs to stick. That's the first comment. And then the other comment comes from our friends over at Boiler in the Stands. Uh, Craig Bauer said, all I can think about with Greg's background is Matthew McConaughey and Interstellar as he tries to push the book off the shelf. You got to walk me through that. What does that mean? I mean, Matthew McConaughey is a great, handsome actor, so that has to feel good for you, right? So great movie, first of all. I love that comp. Uh, Interstellar is in my top 10 movies, but again, I'm a Nolan guy, so you got to throw out 90% of what I say when it comes to movies. Um, also, just want this known. The daughter in Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey's daughter, her name is Murph which I did not know when we named our daughter Murphy, but Interstellar went from like my 10th favorite movie to like my fourth favorite movie once I realized that my daughter's name was the name of the daughter in the movie, who just so happens, by the way, to be the heart of the movie. I mean, this sweet girl, the story about her trying to reconnect with her father is the entire purpose of the movie. It's not about outer space. It's not about Anne Hathaway, okay? Don't get me wrong. Those are great moments, but this is a story about a father's love for his daughter named Murphy resonates it's beautiful uh so yeah i like that comp craig bowers thank you and uh yeah i, I will probably record from there a couple other times in the future because that's my parents house and uh honestly the internet there way better than the internet here by the way it, like we get episodes out like three hours earlier when i'm at my parents house versus here wow shout out to, shout out to connie and dave with the high speed yeah, i don't know i don't know what's going on there but it was impressive stuff oh you, go you listen wanna, wait, you want to know why it's so great over there though why because I, I, Connie and Dave are so pure and special on their internet. Like, I feel like they get it done. They get what they have to get done. Your internet is constantly working 24-7, late into the hours sometimes on some days. Maybe a little bit less now that our beautiful Queen Murphy's in the picture. But there was nights when that internet was working until 3 a.m. sometimes. And it I definitely, I've put it to the test through the years. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we need to throw my internet a retirement party whenever that day comes, <laughs> but hopefully it never comes. Also, shout out Craig Bowers, uh, Boilers in the Stands. They did a little rebrand. They used to be Braggs in the Stands for their Purdue coverage. Now they do Boilers in the Stands. That's Joe Jackson. That's uh, Greg Braggs. And then that's Keith Bowers. And, uh, or sorry, Craig Bowers. Jesus, I'm giving Craig a plug here and I misname him. Sorry, that's horrible. <laughs> me. But they just had Matt Painter on their show. And, uh, I, we say this a lot about like other shows, like, oh, we listen to their shows. I genuinely love their show. I listen to anything those guys do. It's really, really good. They had us on last season. So if you're a Purdue fan listening to this show that for some reason isn't listening to Boilers in the Stands, go listen to it. The Matt Painter episode was fire. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we might be doing something with Joe if we can get times coordinated. But also, I think you are the one who hasn't responded on times. So No, I did. In the DM? Check the DM. 
Go ahead. Give me give me a live check of this DM and tell me where we're at. Sorry, I need to scroll past a couple of the Michigan State Twitter accounts that DM me. That are puppies. Um, there's 11 to 10. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't want to read these now that you've seen them? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Listen, travel. Like we said, we're scrambling, folks. We're doing our best. I'm, re- I'm responding right now, though, by the way. Let's jump into the Discord. Uh, starting with just a welcoming, nice message from Fam. Fam says, welcome back to the Midwest, Carter. How does it feel to be back from Houston, Atlanta, Vegas? It feels great. Home slaps. Home really, really slaps. I think home is underrated in general, but home really slaps after vacation. He followed that up with what's the percent chance the breakfast bit makes a return in 2023. You said it returns tomorrow. Today is now tomorrow and there is no breakfast bit. When I said that I was on West coast time. So it's like three hours behind. So technically if I bring it back tomorrow, I'm still good. Okay. Yeah. Are you, I feel like you're pulling some, like I wasn't aware of energy. Like you're pulling some Jim Harbaugh. Like I had no idea that I hired a military guy to run a cheating operation for four years. At least I'd be a part of a winning football program. I had no idea that I committed to doing the breakfast bit tomorrow. That's on me. Uh, is, is it Sifried? Seifried? Seifried uh, says, which team would benefit more from having Cooper flag, Duke or UConn? Then he goes on to say, additionally, there's been discourse between the two fan bases on flags, photo shoots uh, with each team's respective awards. So UConn had him with like the national title trophies. Then Duke made him do the exact same pose with like 30 trophies behind him. Uh, They want to know what are our thoughts on what is essentially a quantity versus quality argument, the number of the awards in the frame, or does it even matter? Uh, To me personally, that doesn't matter. Um, Honestly, none of those photo shoots honestly really even matter to me. I think they're cool for the kids to post on IG and, you know, you can throw on all the gear and, some teams and social media like teams do have some pretty good ideas as far as what they do with those pictures. But unless a recruit's doing something funny or like trolling, like Dylan Harper did when he did his Indiana visit, then it doesn't really move me or Mm. do anything for me. Mm. Okay. I feel like you would have been a big like Instagram on a visit guy. Oh, a massive. Yeah. Like what would your strategy have been? My main strategy would have been not to put hashtag not committed on any of my posts. So people just wonder if I committed or not. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I I liked both of these pictures. I always liked the the rebuttal more than the first one. Like UConn just like, oh, genuinely like, look at our trophies. That's a cute little picture. I get it. You win championships. I love that Duke was petty enough to be like, yeah, we have more trophies than you. Can, absolutely. Can I can I get one more thought on this though? Please. What? Well, how do you feel about when the family members get in full jerseys? It's a no for me, dog. Yeah, like there's a, like yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying this in a hurtful way, but like one of the flag brothers who's not ace comes out of nowhere. Maybe looks like he's a little bit older. I I don't. He might not be, but he looks older, and he just looks. It just looks so weird that he's in a full Duke jersey. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, but also it's Cooper flag. So I don't blame Duke for trying to pull that move. Like, go ahead and get granny out here in a jersey. <laughs> like, you got any nieces? Let's bring your one-year-old niece out here and get her in a full-on Duke suit. Um, who would benefit more from Cooper flag? I think it's definitely UConn, right? Yeah, 
I think it's UConn because one, just that level of recruit going to UConn, uh, also beating out Duke for that. I mean, it would just be special. Also, I truly believe that there'd be a small chance that they could get Klingon back That's if Flag comes. I, I think it would be, if Cooper Flag chose UConn, it would only be under the assumption that I want to play with Donovan Klingon, which would mean the Klingon family would need to convince Cooper Flag that that was even on the table, uh, which is partially why I think he's probably going to end up at Duke here, to be honest, because I think Donovan Klingon knows he can be a lottery pick because he's one of the best five players in the Big East, by the way. You see what I did there? You see that little, <laughs> you see yeah. what I did there? Uh, Travis yeah. Nelson jumps in. He says, a great question. Uh, he's giving Frisbee some love for the curious on your thoughts on coaching question from yesterday. So Travis just wants to say that's one of the better well-thought questions I've seen in here. I just wanted to say that wholeheartedly agree, by the way. Frisbee, hit us with some more questions uh, because that one was really, really good. Guy, sleepers guy, list guy, who's going to make an appearance later in this episode, says, what are your guys' favorite and least favorite lists that I've made? Hmm. I think the favorite, at least for me so far, is probably the under six-foot list. I think that was my favorite so far. Uh, the worst one, probably the biggest question mark list, which we're not going to release because <laughs> we don't like it. Uh, yeah, breaking news. Sorry, guy. We'll text him offline about it. <laughs> my favorite list of guys list by far has been guys bucket list. One, because I just thought it was hilarious that guy had a bucket list and it wasn't just a bucket list it was a bucket uh two yeah i i don't love the question mark list i like the intent of it a lot the execution was lacking in my opinion uh, i i probably should have worked with you a little more a little more direction on what i would have liked to see with that but uh i was thinking i could just go in and like tweak some things i tried to this morning because we were going to do it for the show and I uh, just couldn't get it in a place that I felt pretty good about. So a little behind the curtains on our working relationship here with Guy. Guy also, uh, I mean, kind of kind of hazed us a little bit yesterday. You want to talk about Guy for a second? Guy, Guy's running a little hot right now. Yeah, Guy chirped us. Guy chirped us at a low moment, too. I'm okay like with that. being chirped by Guy, though. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with being chirped. So the chirp was uh, basically we were supposed to run Guy's list on Tuesday. And then the Big East media day stuff happened where they just left Klingon and Kolek off the team. And I was like, we're going to bump the list guy. Like, I, we need this instead. This is crazy. So we get the episode out. Episode does really, really poorly from a view perspective compared to the previous day and compared to a lot of days lately. Get a text from Guy like 730 range last night Eastern time. Basically, damn, like views say y'all probably should have ran my list. <laughs> like, first off, uh, kudos, Guy probably accurate there we're gonna run your list today uh uh, yeah i have no problem with being chirped but with that said we got some other list guys just throwing that like we we got some other don't get don't get too full of yourself with your list if we're doing like 400 views a list segment right now yeah also you know looking at history of chirps against we we welcome all chirps (laughs) we we always welcome chirps but just know that when you chirp the sleepers typically we might do a little chirp chirp back okay so it happens just just know that and usually we always get the last chirp typically with that said guy is an integral part of our team we're so thankful for all the work the guy's done guy i love (laughs) i love you straight up i love you i appreciate the chirp it was an accurate chirp you are free to chirp us publicly and privately 
Uh, but Booby's doing some things. Let's just say, like, Booby's looking like a five-star point guard recruit. And, uh, I mean, no no offense to your game right now, guy, because you're, you're our point guard. I'm just, there's a lot of lists out there is all I'm saying. I, I would love for a list that we do on the show to do as many views as our Illinois or our Mackenzie and Baco segment did the day before that didn't involve lists. If we ever do a list video with that many views, then our lists are doing really well. Love you, guy. All right. <laughs> Next comment uh, from Booby. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> Booby jumps in. <laughs> uh, day 11, Washington guard Corin Johnson. Johnson was overlooked last year because of other freshman Keon Minifield. We love Minifield here. Uh, but Johnson is still at Washington, has a good chance to have a nice sophomore leap. I like the name Corin. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't like a potential leap from a Washington player, though. Yeah. Also don't like I, I think you need to look at Washington's team makeup as well. That that can really affect some people's leaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that a Jamal line? No, that was a severe wheeler line. Oh. I like that. Derek jumps in. He says, What are your five best what ifs for college basketball? Example, what if Michigan State got Jabari Parker? What if Michigan admissions weren't the leaders in the best and let Terrence Shannon Jr. in? What if Painter leaves from Missouri in 2011? Hmm. Okay, the biggest what if that comes to my mind right away is what if Matt McQuay hit that corner three against Texas Tech? That one will ever, forever just sit with me. Uh, I don't want to make this all Michigan State, but like what if the co- what if the tournament wasn't canceled? Obviously, that's going to be in there. Yeah, automatic uh, natty that year for the 13th ranked team. In the not game. not automatic natty, just like what if I uh, so Clicking we can at the right we time. Can, so we can right so time. we can so we can put to bed all the the inferences about what would have happened. I would argue Cash has got to go out a winner because that t- tournament didn't occur. Imagine we'll if never, we'll, imagine we'll if never he know. got upset in round one, cart. Well, I know we'll never know because it's a what if. Yeah, but what a negative what if. Like God, he was robbed of that national title for the 13th ranked team of the country. God, I hate it every day. I, I lose sleep about it. Uh, <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, the Michigan one, Derek nailed. Terrence Shannon uh, not being let in, I think, totally shifts the last two years of the Juwan Howard era. That team would have been really good. He had, did everything that that team was lacking. Um, I'll throw another crazy one out. What if Michigan had just taken Imani Bates last year? Imagine throwing mm. imagine throwing Imani into the chaos that was Michigan basketball last year. It could have gotten It would have been fun. It could have gotten even worse, or it could like. Do you see what Amani's doing in Cleveland right now? He's hooping. Like, that would have been fun. You can't tell me his talent wouldn't help that team. Uh, and then I think Coy called this out in a different channel. I saw a little bit of it this morning, but the real one is like, what if Bill Self didn't leave Illinois so fast? If Bill Self had mm. been coaching during those those years in the early two thousands for another five years, Illinois might have a natty. They might. Yeah. Can I throw in one more last one? Please. This is this is actually a high school recruiting one. So this could happen a lot because it could be like a what if a kid went here? What if a kid didn't go to the G League? Um, I forgot what recruiting class it exactly was, but Jalen Green was going to go to Auburn and the backcourt would have been Sharif Cooper and Jalen Green. That would have been one of our favorite teams. Yeah, that would have been really fun for sure. He would have been incredible. Uh, what if Jaron Jackson just was on the court and not on the bench against Syracuse? Is one I often think about. Um, what What if Tum Tum didn't go to Michigan State? 
I have one. Uh, this is actually like a Michigan State versus Michigan one. I don't know how much people know about this whole thing, but Beeline was after uh, Cassius Winston and Josh Langford. Like this was when Beeline had some big recruiting successes before that. Like he had just won Walton and Irvin. He had had some head to head stuff with Izzo that had actually worked in his favor. And then he had like two years of down years where he got kind of screwed. And um, Josh Langford and Cassius Winston were like priority targets early in the cycle. He got a commitment from Tyus Battle, who ended up at Syracuse. And then Battle like decommitted, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. But it resulted in Langford going to Michigan State and Tyus Battle decommitting from Michigan. And then Michigan didn't have a wing. Um, I'm pretty sure Michigan ended up taking Xavier Simpson quickly before Cassius had made a decision because of how they were burned from Tyus battle. And, uh, you can certainly think about how things would have swung had Michigan had Cassius Winston instead of Xavier Simpson during those years. Yeah. I mean, he still had some good years with Xavier Simpson. He's had some very good years, made a national championship. Yeah. Yeah, but so can't. Yeah, so it's not can't be that bad. It's not bad. I just what if? I mean, they, and they, like, what would I don't know what Michigan State would have done. I don't know who the backup targets were, but like, if you took cash from Michigan State, put them on Michigan, on the teams that also conveniently had like Jordan Poole and Bryce Dacus and Charles Matthews and Mo Wagner. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, okay. That's fun. What ifs? We could do that for a whole episode. Ulamog says, what would have to happen in the game tonight for you to have immediate concerns about the Michigan State basketball team? I think we're going to do a whole, basically a whole show on this today. So let's save our thoughts for that. And then Illini Trav, back to Derek's question. He says, what if Eric Gordon never decommitted from Illinois? I didn't know that Eric Gordon did commit to Illinois. Neither did I. It's a fun That's one. crazy. That's really fun. I'm mad at Eric Gordon right now, though. I needed 15 points from him last night, and he missed like 11 shots, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, two for 14. Oh my God. Brutal. Like I right play wrong result. I really had some parlays dialed in on like guys I thought would be high usage and mm-hmm. they just missed a bunch of shots. Like yeah. <laughs> crushing. your uh, Nurkic hurt us both. Yep. He did. I was, I was, I was four Nurkic points short and one Kevin Durant, three short from 10 to win 500. Yeah. It's brutal. Brutal. Okay. Here we are. Let's move. Uh, Today's episode, I think we're going to try, like it might look structurally the same as other episodes we've done, but uh, in reality, our intent is to have this be a Michigan State season preview. A lot of people have asked us, hey, what's happening with Unscripted? For those that don't know, Unscripted was our Michigan State basketball podcast that we have done the last two years with the Field of 68 Network. Um, I don't know if I'm being too pointed or what, or I I don't know. I'm just going to say what's happened here. We are not planning on doing unscripted. I have not talked to Rob or Jeff about unscripted at all. Uh, Last that I heard, they were thinking about moving away from some of the team specific stuff, but they've started rolling out a lot of team specific podcasts that are brand new for other teams, which are all great, including Riley Davis's North Carolina one. We're excited about that. That's awesome for everybody. Um, we just haven't talked to him about it. I don't know if Job and or, or if, if Rob and Jeff are expecting unscripted from us this year. They might be. I might get a text in a week, like, where's your unscripted episode? In which case, I'm going to respond and be like, we're not doing unscripted this year. Um, 
bottom line is we just would rather run that through our channel now. So uh, it's not going to be branded the same way. It's not going to have its own Apple podcast feed. It's not going to have any of the special stuff that Unscripted had as an isolated show. I know that that might frustrate some of our Michigan State fan listeners. I apologize in advance for that. But we still fully intend on doing the same amount of time and dedication and coverage of Michigan State basketball specifically on a week-to-week basis that we did for Unscripted, but we're just going to do it on the Sleepers podcast now as part of the show. So uh, did I encompass everything? I mean, you you are the voice of Michigan State from this show. Did Does that cover everything? That that, that about covers everything because I, th- I feel like we're going to do the same thing that we would do on Unscripted here. And trust me, there will always be plenty of Michigan State basketball talk on this podcast unscripted or not honestly it works out better because we would do we were we didn't we weren't able to have as much michigan state basketball talk on our channel because we were filtering people to unscripted um and i think it'll be funny that even if we don't get asked like we might see like msu daily and spiro doing the next episodes of unscripted so if you see that i highly recommend coming to us first and then maybe going checking out unscripted or check out both but us first is this a holdout situation from you when it comes to the good people at the field of 68? Uh, I mean, I, I can, I can hold out as long as possible, especially, especially because it's no real incentive to hold in. So uh, yeah. We love those guys. They're doing great work. Uh, obviously, if you're a college basketball fan, you should be paying close attention to everything the Field of 68 is doing. And in fact, uh, there probably will be some sort of crossover with us in various ways. And uh, at minimum, I will be hosting some shows on Field of 68, as usual, with the After Dark series. But yeah, bottom line, unscripted. No more with the Field of 68. Uh, Michigan State season preview right here on Sleepers Podcast. Let's get into it. The first exhibition game is tonight. I don't even know who they play. That's the lack of preparation they, I brought. They play. Uh, they play Hillsdale, the D the D two Hillsdale Chargers. Give me the Hillsdale scout. What's Hillsdale looking like? Uh, it's it's a bunch of, mm, trying to, it's a bunch of Russell birds. That scares me a little bit. Uh, but that might not be what it actually is. I'm going off the time because I actually played Hillsdale like once or twice, like in an exhibition or scrimmage type situation at Albion. They're pretty close to there. But a uh, really good, successful Division II program in Michigan. Uh, they get a lot of guys there. Um, and this is just me speaking on experience. Typically, they have taller, lankier, white wings who can shoot and are also athletic. So that's kind of where I'm getting the Russell Bird comp from. Like they get a lot of guys from like Detroit Catholic Central, uh, guys that are Michigan guys, too. So it's a cool experience for them. I'm sure they're actually going to be pretty fired up to play. Cause I think there'll be a lot, there's probably a lot of Hillsdale basketball players who were Michigan state fans growing up or are Michigan state fans or Michigan kids in general. So those games, those exhibition games, I think always carry a little bit more weight. Now I don't think Michigan state should be worried at all about this game. It should be a game. They win easily, have a lot of fun. You should see some things, you know, uh, it, it could be a fun game to see the freshmen play in when they're getting out in the open court and having fun. But there will definitely be an incentive for this Hillsdale team to, you know, play well, being Michigan kids. Uh, I'm looking at their roster right now. I want to do some name reading for a second. But uh, I j- also just realized a kid that tortured my teams is on this team. Charles Woodhams. He played at Otsego. I've played pickup run with him at Bronson a bunch. Killer. Kid's an absolute killer. Uh, he's a sophomore guard for this team. I don't know how much he'll see the floor, 
But how uh, many how, how many Kyles do they have on the roster? The very first name listed on the roster, not a joke, is Kyle Gosler. Uh, here, <laughs> I just want to read some names for you: Kyle Gosler, Jack Golke, Charles Woodhams, Cole Now, Cole McWinnie. That's double Coles for you. Walt Mattingly, Peter Kaltoff, Ashton Janowski, uh, Jacob Nagobi, Samuel Vasu, Garrett Bolte, Noah Applegate, and Eric Radicevic. It's a great roster name, names-wise. Uh, yeah, but shout out the Woodhams family, by the way, tormented me, like I said. Glad to see you're not, not see you go anymore. Uh, yeah, Michigan State should be great. We know that. Should we do big picture stuff? I feel like tonight's let's do let's touch on tonight's game quickly. But tonight's game doesn't really matter much. There's nothing you're going to see in tonight's game that is going to swing you anywhere off of the hype for this season, right? No, not not a chance. Um, I don't. I know there will be overreactions if this game's close the whole game, but I don't truly think there's anything that could necessarily swing me one way or the other. Because, for example, you said you want to see Cohen Carr do more things besides dunk. This is a great team for him to do. He doesn't have to do anything but dunk because there's not a player on that team that could physically keep up with him or do other things with him. Like he he will get a lot of dunks and get to the basket this game. Like that's this is the perfect game for that. I'm definitely more intrigued to see the exhibition game Sunday, the charity one against Tennessee. It's obviously a different level team, a lot of hype coming in with Tennessee. Uh, but there's nothing really tonight that's going to swing me one way or the other because let's look at it this way. If Xavier Booker does some things, if Colin Carr does some things, if Jeremy Fears does some things, I'm going to be like, that's great. It's against Hillsdale. They should be doing those things. And like I said, I respect Hillsdale as a basketball program, but it's just different for Michigan state. Um, So they should be doing those things. So I I just don't necessarily think this game could swing me one way or the other, because if, if I'm expecting these players to do certain things against Hillsdale, then it's like, there there's nothing they can do to prove me right necessarily or prove me wrong. They just, they just got to do what they do and they will. Okay. Can I play on the fly game? Can I throw a game at you? Mm -hmm. I have five questions for you about Michigan state basketball tonight. Did you just make, did you just make these up too? I don't even have them made up all. I have three and I'm just going to go. Question number one, who is the first player off the bench tonight? Carson Cooper. Okay. Fascinating. Was that a tough decision for you, or you think that's the clear first name off the bench? Oh, 17-minute mark. You can book it that Carson Cooper will be at the table ready to come in. I'll take the under on seven. I think like 1820. I think I think Carson's running. Um, okay. Who checks into the game first? Jeremy Fears. Or Xavier Booker. Xavier Booker does. Ooh. Okay. Talk me through that one. I think that Xavier Booker checks in for Malik Hall. And I think that happens before one of the guards come off. Okay. So you think we're cycling both center and power forward? Mm hmm. Okay, so in response to that, then, on the fly again, third question, who comes into the game first, Xavier Booker or Cohen Carr? Because couldn't it, it could be Cohen at the four, right? It could, yeah. Uh, 
especially now that we know Jackson Kohler's not playing because maybe they're going to push Xavier Booker to the five. Yeah, I, I'm actually really interested to see where Cohen Carr comes in because from everything that I've heard from the people I talk to who've like watched some scrimmages, practices, things like that, it, it's there's no lean on whether Cohen Carr is going to come in at the three or the four. Like it's been very, very split so far. So I think he's going to play I, both, though. Is the thing like yeah. I, I don't think you even need to define him as one. I think he's just going to play. It's like Malik Hall; he's played both the three and the four. Yeah, I think I think the the freshman bench rotation as far as who comes in first will go Xavier Booker, Colin Carr, Jeremy Fierce. Okay, Booker before Carr. I hope that's what happens. I think Cohen Carr will be the first freshman into the game, though, and I'm you a do. little okay. I'm a little nervous about that, but we'll see. Um, who leads the team in scoring tonight? Uh, Hogard. Mm, not Tyson. No, not Tyson. I think I think Hogard does. He's got a message to prove. Yeah, and I think he's going to see some some guy named Applegate in front of him and take that as disrespect. Okay. Uh, this is not one of my questions, but it's a bonus question. Is Tyson wearing a headband tonight? Yes. <laughs> that really swings things mentally for this team, right? Yeah, I need Jaden to get the braids back. Okay, I have uh, I have one more question, then I have one more bonus question. Does anybody get a DNP tonight? Anybody on the roster that includes Steven Izzo and Nick Sanders? Does anyone on this roster not take off the tracksuit tonight? No, I think everybody gets in tonight. Every single player, except for Jackson Kohler because he's in a boot. Yeah, I think every player that is dressed and has a uniform on gets in tonight. Okay. I think there's one player who won't. Garrett? I think Garrett Norman will not play tonight because I don't believe the plan is for Garrett Norman to play at all. That's my body language. First test of my body language. Although, can't if they're redshirting him, can't he play the exhibition still? Isn't that how it works? Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think he can still play technically some regular season games before he burns his red. Like There's a certain thresh- threshold, but I think he can actually play a little bit before he red shirts. Okay. So I'm still, I'll stick to the prediction that he's not going to play tonight just to do it. But I want to know that even if he does play, I get to still run this prediction for like another month until it's not okay. dead. Uh, uh, final question for me, another minutes head to head who checks into the game first, Trey Holloman or Jeremy fierce. Do I have to answer this? What I think it's going to be, or what I you got to be honest. You got to be honest. It's probably going to be Trey Holloman. I'm going to have a shot ready for the FaceTime when uh when you and I are both watching this, realizing that Holloman's in the game and Jeremy Fierce hasn't played yet. Uh man, yeah, that could hurt. Okay, uh, one more bonus question. This rotation stuff is so fun. Izzo has so many puzzle pieces to work with. <laughs> Who uh who's the first guard that checks out of the game? Is he subbing AJ out first and Fears is running the show? Hmm. Right, is Jaden in this? Uh... Jaden's in this, but I don't know if you know this card. Jaden came back to put himself on the NBA radar. Can't do that from the bench at the three. So Jaden will get subbed out first because he's in foul trouble. Such garbage if that's what happens. He's gonna get he's gonna get he's... two quick. Two quick files. Y'all really just rope a dope this man into come back. We'll get you to the league just to sub him out first. Never play him at the guards. I said, I said, I said it's because foul trouble. Okay. 
All right. It actually it's it'll be really interesting. I think the more we're talking this through, the the way he handles the guards, I think is the thing I'm most intrigued by because even though we're saying like, oh, we want to see Booker early or we we think we're going to see Carr early. If he decided like pre-planned that we're going to cycle AJ out first, it would be fierce who could be into the game like three minutes into the game, right? Like mm-hmm. they they could have a pre-planned thing of like AJ is going to come out and fears is going to come in at the four minute mark. And I think that would happen before anything happens in the front court. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know what I would do. Honestly, I might take Tyson out first, just like national player of the year, rest him, be ready in crunch time. We don't need you at the 16 minute mark every game. I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I respect that. Is it, just to flip this back on you a little bit, is there anything that can happen one way or the other to swing you on Michigan State tonight? What do you mean swing? Because I feel like there is. I feel like there's a way that Michigan State approaches this game that has you more in or more out on them. So in either direction? Yeah. So, like, I, I think that even though it's early on and it's an exhibition, I think that you might be swung based on maybe rotations or things that you see from players, maybe more so rotations and things you see from players. I won't say there's anything that could drastically swing this negatively for me, because I think in my head, I'm not expecting Michigan state to be like a one seed at the end of the year. I think they should be the preseason fourth ranked team in the country, but like, I, like if they live up to that, great. If they don't, I don't think it's a disappointing year. I think Purdue's clearly better. And at the end of the day, this team should be like a two or a three seed. Um, I don't think there's anything I could see tonight that would move me off of that. However, the thing I am most scared about is if Xavier Booker doesn't play center at all. Like if he, if all of Xavier Booker's minutes come at the four, even while Jackson Kohler is not playing, then I will be very scared. Because if you're telling me like the plan from the coaching staff is 40 combined minutes of Madi Sissoko and Carson Cooper, when it really should be like 20 max, maybe less, that would really, really scare me. Okay. All right, I like that. Last thing I want to do here, because I think we might be a genie podcast or and or a lamp podcast. I have this lamp right here. Rub it like, you know what I'm saying? Bring the genie out. Come out. You have... I'll give you three wishes for the game tonight. I have three in my head that I want right now that I can already think of. So I'll go first. Three wishes for tonight's game. I want to see at least, eh, you know what? I won't put a minutes restriction on it, but I want to see a run where the three freshmen are on the floor at the same time. Like I want to see Jeremy Fears. The, the three Cole. freshmen? Yes. Not I think the, it's more real. Not, not the four freshmen. I think it's more realistic that I see the three freshmen. Would I like to see four? Absolutely. But I think three is more realistic in my wish here. And I want to see them get run at the same time for an extended period of time. I want to see AJ not use tonight as a chance to prove that he has a better three-point shot. There's not a guard that is strong enough to fuck with him on Hillsdale. I just try to stop using the F word on this podcast. I'm so sorry, Connie. Um, But we... There's not a guard that on that Hillsdale team that will require you to settle. I do not need you gunning threes. That's not what this team needs. Would I love to see an improved three-point shot? Have I seen that in scrimmages and things like that? Yes. Does not need to be a focal point of this game. And then to take one of your wishes, it would be also, I need Xavier Booker at the five. Because at the end of the season, I think that this best the best lineup with this team is Xavier Booker playing the five. 
and that needs to start tonight getting getting run like that those are my three okay i like that um do you want me to answer my three wishes from like a genuine kind like basketball fan perspective or do you want me to use my three wishes as like a devious michigan fan who's preying on your downfall devious michigan fans playing on my downfall all right well i was honestly mentally prepared for the other side of this so let me think of this on the fly uh <laughs> i i would love to see Madi Sissoko assert his will in this game. I would like to see Madi Sissoko for 28 plus minutes. Um, I would like to see him on the perimeter guarding. I would like to see them running some sets, get him involved, really use him as a low post scorer. I'd like to see some added emphasis on Madi Sissoko overall as an important member of this team. Uh, I would like to see. Hmm. I would like to see Trey Holloman be uh, not just the first guard off the bench, but really a staple of this rotation. I think, uh, you know, the the benefit of Trey Holloman is that he can play the one, two, and the three. Jeremy fears really you're only going to play him at point guard. And uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to to ask a freshman, an 18-year-old kid to run the show in a Tom Izzo offense. So, uh, you know, I would I would rather them lean into Trey Holloman, maybe get him instead of like five minutes off the bench, get him like 20, 25, spread out across the one, two, and the three, back up AJ and Tyson and Jaden. And let's bring Jeremy Fears along slowly because there's no rush here. He's got he's got four years to figure this out. Uh, and then third, I'd really like to see them um maybe try some some oversized front court. Like everybody talks about the guards on this team. Like, Oh, how good are they? We, we play three point guards. We're Baylor 2.0. I think they should go the other direction card. I'd like to see maybe like some Madi and Carson lineups together. Uh, I think Cohen Carr has the type of game. You can slide him down, maybe play him at like the two. So I'm envisioning something of like, you know, Malik Hall, Cohen Carr, Madi Sissoko, Carson Cooper, and then pick a point guard. I, I I don't know. I'll just pick a name, Trey Holloman. Um, I think that would be a really fun lineup. I know I said devious, but my brother in Christ. That last one was stretching it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, wow. I just want to see everybody the, like, stay who, happy. Who was, who was at the three in that lineup? Uh, I said Cohen Carr, or I said Malik Hall, but I should have flipped that. Malik Hall at the two, Cohen Carr at the three. That's insane. A lot, man. It's a lot. Also, also, why do I? Why is there a slight feeling inside <laughs> of me that we might see that? We won't see that. You, if they were going to do something like that, they would play it with Booker. But you, you might see like Malik Hall, Carr, Booker in a center, which would be kind of crazy. Yeah, that'd be. That'd but be even so that, cool. man, that's the thing. Like I'm talking through this. Even that, like in past years, when I was joking about like doomsday lineups or complaining about it, genuinely. It was like players that don't belong on the floor. Even if that's the lineup, like if that's the worst case lineup we can see tonight, that's a fun ass talented lineup. <laughs> yeah, true. Like y'all are in a really good spot. I know we all know that, but we've come so far from uh, the Max Christie Gay Brown teams. We really have. I used, to, I used to pray for times like this, man. It's special stuff. Cause should we do anything big picture? I feel like uh, I was going to try to respond to your game there with another game. I feel like we're just gaming each other in circles right now. It's kind of fun. Uh, do you want to do anything big picture on the season, though? I feel like we've, I don't know, appropriately covered Hillsdale. I would like to wait for big picture after the Tennessee game if I could. Oh, I like that approach, actually. Yeah, okay. so maybe so maybe Monday 
Monday we'll save a segment for big picture stuff all, with also reaction to uh, two games. Cool. All right. We'll save it. Uh, and I feel like we've done enough predictions. I was going to hit you with like a bold prediction to end the episode, but I feel like we've done enough predictions. Michigan State minus 29 and a half. Do they cover? Tonight? Yeah, that's not the spread. Yeah. That's just me coming up with that. Yes, of course. The spread would be like 49 and a half, I think, minimum. Really? Okay. It's Hillsdale, Cart. Scrappy. What are you scoring against Hillsdale right now? I don't know, probably not a lot. Honestly, you should go to this game to scout for your future men's league teammates. <laughs> hey, man, put some respect on Hillsdale's name. They got some hoopers. I know, Believe me, Woodhams killed me. I still have <laughs> nightmares of Charlie Woodhams, man. That kid's a killer. Uh, he's Charlie Woodhams, might, he might be a pro at if some P- level. If Pierre Brooks was still on this team, Charlie Woodhams is a better player than Pierre Brooks. Oh. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's not accurate at all, but I'm trying to sell <laughs> some hype for the game tonight. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is fun. Michigan State's going to be really fun to talk about. I can't wait to do it all season long. And uh, like we said, if any of our unscripted listeners or people that like sleepers from unscripted want more from us, you can expect uh, full at least 30 minute segments talking about Michigan State on a week to week basis, probably more since we do this daily on the sleepers podcast now. So hopefully you're not too disappointed that uh, it's just going to look a little different in the way we package it this year. Go green, go white. Woof, woof. I just hope everybody plays by the rules and has a fun time tonight. And uh, maybe let's get our video boards under control too. I know they got a nice new jumbotron. We don't need any pregame trivia at the press tonight. Zero. They have a chance to redeem themselves though. Yes, they do. I'm, I hope it goes well. Let's move on. Uh, let's do Guy's List. Guy, our list guy, back with another list. Uh, first off, shout out Guy. Guy said he had a busy week. He came in prepared. He hit us with two different lists at the front end of this week. Uh, he's really putting the hours in. We appreciate that from Guy, as always. This is Guy's Now or Never list, a.k.a. guys who have been on breakout watch for multiple seasons. They're constantly on the offseason like this guy is going to explode, have a great season, and then it just doesn't really happen. And then it happens again and again. You repeat the process of like, no, this is the year, and then maybe it hasn't happened. So maybe not the greatest thing as a player to find yourself on this list, but I will add, if you're on this list, it means that we still believe the breakout could happen. Like we, we would not allow any names on this list that are guys we just don't believe in as players. It's just now or never. Like this is you're running out of opportunities to be the breakout guy, and here you are. So here are the ten names on guys now or never list. Shout out to guy, Reese Beekman, Virginia, Harrison Ingram, at two, C.J. Frederick at three. He's now at Cincinnati. Hakeem Hart at four, Malik Hall at five, Javon Quinterly at six, Eddie Lampkin at seven. R.J. Melendez at 8, Trey Jackson from Michigan at 9, Jadon Ledee at 10 for San Diego State. And then we have two honorable mentions for this list, Severe Wheeler at Washington and Ethan Morton at Purdue. Your thoughts, Cart? Uh, Jadon Ledee needs to be number one on this list. I have been told for years and years that this man is an athletic monster. He's shaped like a Greek god. He's going to be a guy. He's an NBA guy. He's a first-team all-conference type of guy. 
I have yet to see it. I really would want to see it. Uh, I actually think he had a pretty good exhibition game, had some moments last season. Um, but the one, the there's a couple guys on here. I think that if it is now, it could really, really raise the ceilings of their teams. So the two guys that I want to shout out here are Harrison Ingram. I think that Harrison Ingram could be very uh, integral to UNC success. And I would bet on him actually being the now guy, finally being on a winning team, being with North Carolina. And then Malik Hall as well. I truly think that Malik Hall could swing the ceiling of this team more than Michigan State fans want to admit. Because if we can just get some consistency, that's it. I'm not asking for just absolute all Big Ten level type play that some people are asking for. Just straight up consistency and being a good leader and locker room guy is is would be massive from Malik Hall. Um, I'm still a little bit scared of the jump shot. It seems to still have a really, really bad hitch for some reason. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I think that, I, one, I love the list, but I think that Harrison Ingram and Malik Hall are two guys that I would point out as guys that could really raise the ceiling as other teams they play on if they are those now guys. Yeah, I – like a lot of these names. Uh, I actually like this list a lot because I like the players on this list and I still believe in the players on this list. And when you say Ladie should be at one, uh, my wish to Guy when he was like, how should I structure this? How should I put the order? Was put the best player at one, which is why Reese Beekman is at one. It's not necessarily like a, an indictment on the fact they haven't broken out that they're not at one. It's more just like, I think this is the best player on his list. And I think Reese Beekman could be really, really good, but there's still a little like shadow of a doubt. Like he's not a pure, that guy's guaranteed going to break out the way like a Riley Kugel is. He's just like, he's going to have a chance and he kind of has to be good. We just don't know if he's going to be good yet. Uh, Harrison Ingram, I wanted at Michigan bad, man. Like I, I really thought he would have swung things massively for the Wolverines if they were able to acquire him. Um, and I like, it never felt to me like I know he ended up in North Carolina, but it never felt like when he hit the portal that he was like the hottest name and a bunch of teams were after him. Although I guess it was North Carolina and Kansas. So maybe I shouldn't <laughs> like downplay that. But I just I, I feel like there was like a negative connotation almost with Harrison Ingram, even in North Carolina circles of like, who are we getting and what are our options? And I never really understood that. I think he's going to be fantastic for them um, down that list, though, outside of the top two. I don't know that I believe in a lot of these guys, and I don't mean that harshly, but CJ Frederick really violated my trust when he went to Kentucky <laughs> and just wasn't good. Like I, I was gassing that kid up. I thought as a freshman, he was phenomenal at Iowa. This was back in my Iowa fan days. And then, you know, he leaves for Kentucky. I'm like, oh, I mean, great move. He's a superstar. He was never heard from again. And I know there's a lot of reasons for that, but um I just like it's a name on paper you really want to believe in. And I, I don't know what the substance is behind it. Everybody else on this list, I don't think I do believe in. Like, I know Trey Jackson looks good for Michigan. I'm not really buying him. Uh, RJ Melendez is not the next AirPods. I'm sorry, even if I've hinted at that in the past, it's not going to happen. Uh, I do I, like Lampkin's a productive player. He's obviously pretty good. But Malik Hall has always left you wanting more. I've been saying that for years. Hakeem Hart, people acted like was this massive departure for Maryland. Really don't see it. I think he's a fifth option type and then uh, just an okay one at best. And then, I mean, the big swing name here is Javon Quinterly, which like, what do you do with Javon, Javon Quinterly these days? Like, are you, are you still on jelly fam? 
you know, it's it's 2023. It's 2023, and that guy averaged nine and four last year. Yeah, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier. Top 20 right? point guard yeah. in the country, though. He's uh, a top 20 point guard. There, there is one glaring mistake here that I didn't notice on here. Um, and this has no indictment on the player at all. But if I'm a Purdue fan, I don't want Ethan Morton's to break out. I, I, I want less Ethan Morton. That's interesting. What does that mean? I think I agree with you, but like, I guess you mean like his entire role you want diminished in the best case version of Purdue? Like he's not playing? I, I'm not, I wouldn't say not playing, but I think I want less Ethan Morton, more other guys Okay, on this team. Who are the other guys? Uh, honestly, any of the other wing options. Your cousin, Heidi, Colvin. Like, I want those guys. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that for sure. Um, I'm just a little, I don't know. Like, what does a breakout even look like for Ethan Morton? In like a best case world, he's not going to score ten a game on this team anyway, right? So like, are we just yeah. we just be like playing at all? I mean, I don't know if like he has a streak of like all academic teams or like sportsmanship like award type oh, things, okay. but like just keeping those going. Okay, all right, uh, we get it. All right, uh, so one guy on this list who's going to have the best season. Hmm. best season um i'm gonna say harrison ingram i'm gonna go with harrison ingram having the best season uh i think reese beekman is going to be number one on virginia's scouting report and teams are going to throw like five guys at him because i don't know if any other guys can really do it for virginia i do like ryan dunn a lot but i don't i don't know okay yeah i'm selling virginia as a whole which means i have to sell reese beekman Ah, I'm gonna buy back in on CJ Frederick. I'm gonna do it, uh, Greg. How I'm many times do you have to? How many times you have to be hurt? I'm gonna do it. I have a type, man. I have a type. Uh, <laughs> look, Harrison Ingram probably should be my answer, but he's even in a breakout in his best case version. He's not a top two option on his team. So to me, that disqualifies you a little bit in the context of like what's yeah. a breakout look like. Like there, he's not gonna be R.J. Davis or Armando Bacot or maybe even Elliot Cadell. Like it sounds like Cadell is gonna have the ball in his hands a ton. So C.J. Frederick is on a Cincinnati roster that needs him to do a lot of things. Him and Seamus Lacocious. That's that's a pretty fun wing combo. That's a really fun wing combo. I can see why you're buying in. If they hit shots, that's a fun team. I'm going to bet a lot of Cincinnati overs, I think. And uh, we'll revisit a couple weeks into the season. All right, that was a really fun list. Shout out to Guy. Great work on the list, Guy. I know we put you on the hot seat earlier in the episode. You're not on the hot seat, Guy. We love you. And uh, we we want more critiques from you, Guy. So come in. Uh, If this video only does 300 views, though, we probably will throw that back in your face. We do reserve the right to do that. And we will. Moving like 100% on. Will. Uh, final topic of the day. I said I wanted to live uh, workshop a bet with you today. This is a unique topic. And uh, if you don't care about betting, you can probably tune this out. You can just turn off the show right now. But uh, the NBA is back. You heard us talk about it earlier in the episode. We love betting NBA player props. 
Uh, I don't bet too much NBA. Like I bet more college basketball. I bet college football as well. But I do think there's some really high value early in the NBA season that I have taken advantage of the past couple of years, specifically with guys who are going to be breakout players, guys who are clearly going to be better than they were last season or are rookies that could explode into big roles. And what I do is I bet alternate points, Cart. Okay? We're not doing just their normal points props. That's safer. If you want the safe option, do it. I recommend it. But you can get guys to score 20 points or 15 points or 10 points that are going to be in pretty big roles at like plus 400 odds or better. So I have hand-selected seven players that have a game on Wednesday night that I think are worth putting into either a parlay and or a round robin to hit their alternate points lines. And I want you and I to craft this together. A little behind the curtains into what you and I look like on a Saturday afternoon when the first afternoon slate ends and we FaceTime and say, that was huge. Shout out to Florida State. It was always club, Nick. And then we move on. So uh, Mm -hmm. let me read my seven players and their odds tonight. And then you can uh, just take it wherever you want. You'll take the baton and tell me where to go. First option I've identified is great value tonight. Jabari Smith plus 410 to score 20 points. Number two, Jalen Duran to score 15 points at plus 400. Number three, Chet Holmgren to score 20 points at plus 400. Number four, Marcus Smart, New Memphis Grizzly, to score 20 points is plus 310. All these odds are at FanDuel Sportsbook, by the way. Number five, Keegan Murray, my boy, to score 20 points, plus 460. Number six, Wemby, Victor Wembenyama in his debut, 25 points, plus 420. And uh, last but definitely not least, Scoot Henderson, 20 points, plus 460 odds. I love all seven of these. Absolutely love them. We need to trim this down to five to put in a round robin that is profitable the way I like to bet round robins. What are your thoughts? Okay, first off, love, love all these, honestly. If we could do all seven, I could find a way to do all seven. I'm going to name the ones that I love, not in order, but these are the ones that I absolutely love and can see happening, you know, because of other other factors as well. Jalen Duran to score 15 points. Jalen Duran is probably going to find himself on the floor with Cade Cunningham and Asar Thompson a lot. Guys who like to get other guys easy shots. Jalen Duran is also a guy who feels disrespected that when bigs are considered for Team USA, everybody names Bam Adebayo first. That's why Jalen Duran went to USA team minicamp and he looked like he was one of the best bigs there. I could see him getting 15 points. He has showed he could stretch the floor a little bit. So you might even see some mid range jumpers, but at worst, Jalen Duran is going to get maybe six points off offensive boards, maybe another six off just pick and rolls. And that's 12 right there. And you're telling me he can't get fouled a couple of times, make some free throws or get one or two more buckets. I really like that. I feel, I feel like, like every highlight we saw, sorry to jump in, but I feel like every highlight we saw of Cade Cunningham this offseason was a lob to Jalen Duran. Like, yes. I think he might get 15 off dunks alone in this game. Yes. Yes. Easily. Uh, the next one that I love, Wemby, Wemby, Wemby of course. Wemby. On, that's the one that scares me. 25? See, no, see, but this is why it doesn't scare me, though. It's prime time, and the Mavericks can't check a soul. Remember what Wemby did in prime time, his first preseason game, though? He was terrified. He was, but then after that, he has dominated. And the, actually, that wasn't the first time he was on prime time. The first time he was on prime time, he scored 30 against Scoot Henderson in them. 
but that might mean to me I'm still not I'm not fully convinced Wemby's a bright lights guy. Wemby's the greatest prospect in NBA history, and I think he's gonna be the greatest player alive when it ends. I think he's gonna be the best player in NBA history. But bright lights guy. We don't know. Think, it's the first night. Twenty five? I also think he's not a bright lights. I think he is a bright lights guy. He's also playing the Mavericks who can't check a soul. Okay. An absolute soul. Okay. I saw they, they they let Real Madrid look good again. Like they're they, these guys can't check a soul. Okay, so I want to lock in Durin. Durin's the the core of this play. Okay. Wemby, Wemby, I will put in a we think so bucket, but I'm not willing to lock that in yet until we talk through some of the others. Okay, another lock. I feel like Marcus Smart because he's gonna play one. He's with his new team. Two, he's gonna play a lot. And I mean, the starting guards for the Pelicans. What is it? McCollum and Jose Alvarado. I was really looking at like the Memphis roster, like who who are going to be the offensive engines of the Memphis roster while John Morant is out and like mm. Dylan, Dylan Brooks is gone. They're not just going to give the ball to Desmond Bain and let him get out of the way. Like how many times did Dylan Brooks get 20 just because like John Morant was not playing and <laughs> Dylan Brooks had to do it. I think Marcus Smart's a lot better offensively than people give him credit for. Um, mm. so I, I love, love that play. There's probably a reason that's the lowest odds, but I'm willing to lock in Marcus smart plus three ten to score 20 points as well. And then uh, I just find a hard time not putting scoop in here. Is he not playing? Is he not playing the most? I mean, are you scared that he maybe to get shots taken away by like, uh, Simons and Shaden sharp and those other guys, but is he not going to play like 30 minutes? So I love Scoot. I think Scoot's going to be great. And by like midway through the season, he's going to be scoring 20 nightly. So I'd be okay betting it. Uh, I do like role wise. It does like Simons could score 50 tonight. That might just be it. Like Simons Mm -hmm. is the first option on his team and he's good enough to get 40. I don't like betting a guy alongside him, but the value is good. So it's worth saying. Uh, I can't believe you have named four other names that aren't this name of the seven I sent you. I thought this oh, would be your, your very first oh. one, Chet Holmgren. Oh I'm, oh, I'm getting to it, my brother. I'm definitely getting to it. Okay. Chet's, Chet, everyone is tech, everyone's talking about Wemby and what he's going to do. Chet, you know, when you put the – I hate to do this, but I put the per 36, the per 40 numbers at play. Wemby and his stats, very, very similar. Everyone's talking about Wemby. Everyone's talking about Wemby this, Wemby that. Chet Holmgren will have Vucevic in hell. Cannot check him. He can't. And this Thunder team is really fun. They also do a lot of things for Chet, too. Like, as, as much as they have, like, other guys on this team, like Giddy, Giddy and Shea Gilgis do great pick-and-roll work with Chet. And Chet is able to pick and pop and able to do things. Um, I think if I had to rank these right now in one to four order, and you could tell me that you don't like it or you like it, I think Jalen Duran be one, Chet two, Jabari Smith three, and Marcus Smart four. Okay, I'm glad we're aligned because you hadn't mentioned Jabari yet. And so I was thinking that meant you wanted to move away from him. And I was preparing an argument to tell you we need Jabari Smith in this. We're we're I did, so I, 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 I missed Jabari. I missed Jabari on the first swipe through because I was okay. just so focused on Jalen Duran only being 50. I might bet that by itself. Yeah, I'm to going be honest to with sure. you. I'm going <laughs> That's to crazy. Sure. Jabari. So Jabari Smith, I absolutely love uh tonight to score 20. He's playing the magic. Now 
Magic are good. Don't get me wrong, especially defensively. I think like Franz and Paolo are the guys who are going to match up with him, and that does scare me. Those are defenders that I care about. With that said, I do think Jabari is kind of wired in a like F y'all way, and I think it just took us an extra year to get where we thought we would get with Jabari. Like when he was coming out of college, you and I were like, there's no way this dude misses. And then he got there and he was just like tentative and nothing he did at the college level worked for a lot of guys. If you hit that wall, you would run away from the wall. Like if you just realized the stuff that didn't work in college isn't working in the NBA, that would be the end of your career. And it would slowly fizzle with Jabari. He completely remolded everything this summer. Like he was the best player at summer league and it wasn't close. Like it literally wasn't even a conversation. He was getting 40 every single game. So I think uh, like, I think he welcomes the opportunity of like, oh, some guys that people think are young, bright stars that are better than me and my position are my matchup tonight. I think there's a very good chance Jabari comes out and tries to get 30 tonight, not just 20. So, and honestly, Houston, from what I know about Houston, they don't care if they win the game, but I do think they just want their young players to score. Like I I think Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are on 20 and 30 watch nightly for this team. Yeah, I agree. I okay. like that. All right. I like that we're aligned. So we have those four. We have Jabari Smith, 20. We have Jalen Duran, 15. We have Chet, 20. We have Marcus Smart, 20. And then we need to pick one of Keegan Murray to get 20, Victor Weminyama to get 25, or Scoot to get 20. We haven't talked Keegan. He's the only one on this list we haven't talked about. Any thoughts there? I just don't like I just don't like Keegan. Is that my bias that, getting in? That's my son. I, I I think so. I just don't. I he's good. There's going to be games where he gets twenty. I don't think it's going to be the first game of the season. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we're playing the whole like vibes mental thing, he's not wired like a guy that would get twenty the way these other guys are. So yeah, he, I, yeah. I, other people have to give Keegan a chance to get twenty. He can't go out there with the mindset I want to get twenty. Counterpoint: They're playing in Utah, and most players when they go play in Utah would be really uncomfortable. And like the altitude mixed with so many white people mixed with nothing to do would really like alter their, their games and their mentals. Like I bet De'Aaron Fox and uh, like Malik Monk, if he's still on the Kings, I don't even know if he is, are pretty scared about this game. They're just like, yeah, I I don't want to be here. I want to get in and out. Keegan Murray is so comfortable in a room full of white people at this point. Like he's going to thrive and he probably doesn't want to leave Salt Lake. Hey, that's a great counterpoint, but I'd, I don't know. I still would rather throw Wemby in there as the last one. So that means if it comes down to Wemby or Scoot, what are we doing? It's got to be Wemby, right? Like, it's just yeah. it's the fun bet. It's just Wemby. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the last game. It's the 1030 game. It's, yeah, it's got, it's, it always was when we have done nothing but for the last two to three weeks, text how this guy's a freak of nature. I wish it was 20, not 25. But isn't there a chance he just comes out and scores like 38 and it's just like he's the greatest ever immediately? Yeah. I mean, also, like, he could have a bad game and score 25. Okay. That's what I needed to hear. I like that. So the official round robin of the day, Keegan Murray to get 20, Victor Weminyama, or no, I'm sorry. No, not I'm Keegan. reading backwards. Jabari Smith to get 20, Jalen Duran to get 15, Chad Holmgren to get 20, Marcus Smart to get 20. Victor Wembenyama to get 25. We'll do this throughout the season. We might not do full topics once college gets here because we'll have a lot to talk about, but uh, we we do send these to the Discord. We'll send this to the Discord as a sleeper's play. And I think, more importantly, I think we should bet these individually and then also do a little round robin. 
Yeah, I'm yes, and I'm like I said, that Jalen Duran play will be placed. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, one big thing presented by Bigby. What do you got today, Cart? Uh, my one big thing is it is very underrated the shower straight into bed combo because I feel like I don't get it enough. I'm a two shower a day type of guy. Typically in the morning, I wake up shower and then I shower after the gym, but that necessarily doesn't go right to bed. Like the shower and get right into bed and go to sleep combo is is so drastically underrated that I'm honestly considering upping my showers to three a day. But I feel like that might be a little bit aggressive. But I just want to let it be known, like when I got back from traveling all day yesterday, I took a shower and then got into bed. Uh, heavens, it was a euphoric, euphoric feeling. So that that's my one big thing for today. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. Um yeah, I, it's hard for me to shower at night now because I don't want to wake up the daughter. But I used to used to love that. It used to be a frequent part of my repertoire for sure. Wait, uh, why would a shower wake up Murph? Don't you got the noisemaker going and stuff? Yeah, but it just—I don't know. You'd be surprised what that girl can hear through a noisemaker. Like, and we got the one like either Mal's already asleep at night by the time I come to bed, so I don't want to wake her up in the bedroom shower, or we got the hallway shower, which is right, yeah, right, room. literally right by there. Yeah, yep. it's tough. It's tough. Uh, anyways, my one big thing, I, this is something I've spent about, I don't know, count probably five hours thinking about in the last two days. Um, it's really been like counterproductive. Like it's halted me from doing things throughout the day that I should be doing. I don't understand why UCLA's basketball colors are baby blue and yellow and their football colors are baby blue and gold. I can't process it. It hurts. Is that a, is that a real thing? Baby blue and yellow is such a perfect combination. The basketball jerseys are timeless. But if you watch UCLA football, Carter, they're baby blue and they're wearing gold pants with gold helmets and gold face masks and gold accents. They don't even use yellow. There's no trace of yellow within the football program. Why have I never noticed this? I don't know, but I've been losing sleep. I've literally spent five and a half hours in the last two days just frustrated at this. Baffling. Wait, you're completely right about this. Yeah. That is a, that's an that's all that's annoying. It's a massive missed opportunity, is what it is. Blue and yellow, baby blue and yellow, arguably a top two color combo there is in sports. And we're just out here throwing gold around. Like gold needs more shine, really. That's what we're thinking, UCLA. Bro, even the UCLA baseball jerseys have yellow in them. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, UCLA football has never been relevant since I've been alive. So, like, maybe maybe do a color change, see what happens. Yeah, they need to fix that. That's annoying. Look, look, what look what you're giving up here. Look at this. Look how beautiful. Look how beautiful that is. It's beautiful. Try it, UCLA. Okay, that's it for me. Uh, <laughs> good show today. Whew. Go green, go white, baby. Exhibition tonight. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for watching the Sleepers Podcast. Join the Discord. Shout out to our list guy, Guy. We'll see you Thursday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.